0: You are listening to the D49er update on 22smedia.com or on um, the Daily 49ers, SoundCloud, iTunes, or um, Google Play account. Uh, I'm featuring the YDSA this week. And Isai, if you could kind of uh, intro that for us, introduce yourself and do all that.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Isai Leanos. I'm a junior uh, here at Cal State Long Beach. I'm an economics major and a poli minor. And I'm one of the co chairs of the uh, Young Democratic Socialists of America on campus. Mm.
0: So yeah, Isai, if you could just give us like a brief introduction um, to the Young Democrat Socialist of America here on CSULB.
1: So we started as an organization. We started organizing it last semester. Uh, it was me and I want to say three other people mm-hmm. with the help of the uh, DSA Long Beach chapter. Okay. Um, so started doing that last semester. We're I think we're still working on becoming an officially officially recognized uh, organization on campus, You're mm-hmm. turning all the paperwork into, you know student development and all that stuff. But um, basically uh, what uh, the YDSI does on campus is uh, educating people on various forms of socialism and uh, fighting for those principles, those values. While also uh, working to make campus a better place for everybody, for students, for faculty, mm. anybody who uh, would call CSULB you know, their home, basically. Yeah. So that's that's what we're all about.
0: So, what was it kind of like reaching out to the Long Beach chapter of the. Uh, I, where, where, they're not the Democratic Socialists of Long Beach. They're the, just the Democrats, or I'm not sure.
1: No, it is the Democratic Socialists of America, Long Beach is what they are. Okay. Uh, two of the people who helped organize. Are part are members of that group, mm-hmm. so they brought in someone from uh, DSA Long Beach to help us organize because uh, so we wrote our constitution based on their constitution mm-hmm. and the one that Cal State Long Beach gives us for groups on campus. So it's very much uh, collaboration between us on campus and DSA uh, LB. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, are, are those highlights of that constitution? The like just. Um being involved in the community and so on and so forth. Yes, okay. basically, yeah. All right. And then why did you join slash co start the young democrat socialist um of America here on campus?
1: So the person who uh, got me involved was my sweet mate when I was dorming freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say he's the one who radicalized me, if you will. He radicalized uh, yes. oh those, yeah
0: those radical Democrats yes. socialists you uh, know yeah. Bernie he's one radical oh, dude yeah.
1: Um, so he he <laughs> let me know like hey I was thinking you know we I think he mentioned sophomore year or something like that that he wanted to get like uh, a DSA uh, organization going on campus. I was like, I mean, if you ever do, you know, if you ever end up doing that, let me know because I'm very much interested in that. Mm-hmm. So uh, last semester, he's like, hey, you know, I'm finally getting it started. I was wondering if you want to come along with me to like get like, you know, with the first meeting of the like the organ, the organizing committee. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So it was me, him, two other people. And then the person from DSA Long Beach, um, we, you know, got together, started talking about what that would look like and how, you know, how we'd be able to set that up. Uh, reason why I joined, I guess, besides that is also, you know, just kind of growing up. And my parents, you know, immigrants from Mexico came mm-hmm. here in the 80s, you know, hard working people, and whatever jobs they could get, they got and did everything they could to provide for me and my sister. So seeing them work hard, I just kind of thought it was always, yeah, that's just kind of how it is. You know, work hard and break down your body for money because, yeah. you know, you needed to survive. And growing up through the Great Recession and just kind of wondering mm-hmm. why that happened and how yeah, that happened. Yeah, no, exactly. That kind of got me interested both in, you know, why capitalism is the way it is mm-hmm. and also why I'm kind of an economics major because, like, that is an interesting thing that happened. We had money and now we don't have money. Mm. Why is that?
0: Now, do you think, um like, kind of growing up around that time of, like, the 08 recession yeah. and, like, so many other, like, you you can say every time to a certain extent is tumultuous, but like you know um, the last couple of years particularly, do you think that's what's kind of like caused the uh, like kind of rise in an interest in democratic socialism? I think
1: so. Not necessarily just democratic socialism, but just kind of a more liberal approach, or mm-hmm. um, you know, liberal if you will approach to yeah. uh, to governing and economics in general, uh-huh. because people have, you know growing up, we saw that and we we know how hard it is to, or we've seen how hard it is to all of a sudden worry about, am I going to have a job tomorrow? I'm going to have mm-hmm. money to provide food for myself and for my family, keep the lights on and all that stuff. So I feel like that experience has definitely influenced people to kind of see, seek out alternative ways of doing things mm-hmm. and being more open with things like socialism and to more things to the left
0: of uh-huh. the spectrum. Yeah. And when you said liberal, you you said in very like uh audible quotation marks, I guess you could yeah, say. Uh, no, if we could kind of like unpack that a little bit.
1: Well we're in the same political theory class. So yes. we've talked about how liberal in the United States has a very sort of different connotation mm-hmm. than liberal does in a political theory sense. Yeah. So When I say liberal in this context, I mean, you know, American liberal, like identifies as a Democrat or something to the left of that.
0: Yeah. So kind of like, um, I don't know, not to get too far into the weeds here on it, but kind of the like New Deal progressivism, I guess you could say, type of sense. Yeah. Yeah, So um, like heavy emphasis on like social welfare. And then um, if you want to get into a little bit of like Chomsky's like definition of, um, uh, what was what's the word? Uh, libertarian socialist, like yeah. mis- minimalization of uh, individual coercion, and so on and so yes, forth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, it was it just like uh, growing up in that time that like kind of drew you to those ideas, or was it was it like more than that, like it, the combination of that with you know your um, dorm mate like mentioning it to you and everything like that. I
1: think the reason why I was so open to it was because of that, of my roommate kind of bringing, not my roommate, my doormate, and you know his group of friends bringing up, you know, this is what we believe in, and mm-hmm. these are the theories and all that. So, while I was, like, growing up in those times and having those experiences definitely did shape my perception of the world. Uh-huh. And it had me... Questioning things more than I feel like I would have had I grown up in a different time period, mm-hmm. which is why I was so receptive receptive
0: to that. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, definitely. And now, were your parents perli- particularly um, politically active? Or no, not not at all. Uh-huh. No. D- did you um Did you get any sense of where they kind of stood growing up?
1: Well, I grew up during the Bush years, mm-hmm. and. Their sort of political beliefs kind of revolves around the whole issue of immigration, Mm -hmm. so that's really the reason why I would consider them. I mean, they're registered Democrats, if I remember correctly. No, they're independent actually, Mm -hmm. but they tend to vote Democrat specifically because of those issues. But besides that, there really is there. I really didn't get any sort of political. What sort I'm looking for? I wasn't influenced politically by my parents. Yeah, they really did not, don't really care. I guess much about that. Uh-huh. They're not really into that.
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting because I have the, um, like kind of this theory, or, or not even theory, hypothesis. I guess is the correct word to put it, that you're more influenced politically by the environment and time that you're growing up in more than your parents. So, um, because for instance, I I grew up in a very very conservative family you know but you know as you can tell by my earrings and whatever (laughs) else i'm not a very conservative person so i kind of have to roll back and think okay what was happening when i was growing up what was i paying attention to but yeah um so moving on um how do you hope to use like the ydsa as a platform on campus
1: so the big thing about us is that our sort of uh our sort of goals are basically two things. One is obviously kind of spreading and making people aware, like, hey, you know, socialism isn't what you think it is. Mm. It's a lot more complicated. There are a lot more uh, nuances to it than people would lead you to believe. Mm. And the other is, so we are an organization, organization on campus made up of students. What do we want to do with that? And what we want to do is basically make, Student life as good as possible for as many people as possible Mm -hmm. while also kind of having that influenced by the more socialistic goals and values, if you will. Yeah. So that means, you know, fighting to freeze tuition hikes on campus, Mm -hmm. uh, advocating for, uh, you know, things like I think ASI started like a pantry on campus for people who don't have Mm -hmm. access to uh, affordable food options. Fighting for those who are DACA recipients to have continue coming to school without the fear of being deported, things like that. Yeah. So it's very much yes, we want people to you know kind of think about what socialism is and make them aware of that, while also doing what we can to improve student life Mm -hmm. on campus.
0: All right, so uh, a couple questions. I'll go with the first one that will probably take less time to unpack. Yeah. Um. What, like, um, pl- like what other organizations have you been working with on campus thus far?
1: So most of what we've done so far has been with Rise and s Q e, which their goals are specifically on uh, tuition hikes, freezing those, and ultimately going down a path of having college for all. Mm-hmm. Um but we're basically open to working with any sort of organization on campus that agrees with the things that we agree on like La Raza, like uh, Black Student Union, I think is the name, the Muslim Student Organization on campus. Uh, yeah, ba- we're basically open to collaborating with whoever yeah, it is that, you know, agrees with the platform that we agree
0: with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like kind of bringing groups in. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah.
1: we're also new, and so we have to kind of maneuver our way along, you know, the campus. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like, oh, you're a bigger organization than us, and yeah. you've been here longer, and this is what you're doing. We want to, you know... Help you out with that uh-huh. and be a part of it.
0: Yeah, so uh, kind of um, uh, work your way in with like established groups already. Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then going on to the second and much more bigger and probably will take a second to unpack here. Question: Yeah, what are some uh, misconceptions around socialism?
1: Basically, the biggest one that I've run into is that socialists are going to be the sort of like the the sort of big government. They're Mm going to do everything for you. You're going to have no liberty to do whatever you want type of thing. Kind of the
0: state owns everything. Yes, the
1: state owns everything. Mm -hmm. And it's very, I feel like it's very important to uh, realize that uh, there are some, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Forms of socialism that are more overarching and overreaching. Mm -hmm. Democratic socialism specifically is not like that. It wants. Socialism it wants the the means of production to be owned democratically. Yeah. So everyone, it is more it, when you think of the word socialism and you know like an actual definition of socialism is the workers controlling the means of production is basically like the yeah. little sort of phrase that you can use for that. Democratic socialism is very much yes, that's exactly what we want. We want it to be democratically run. Mm-hmm. We want government to be the same way to actually be democratic. Yeah. So that's sort of that's sort of the thing we're trying to go for. It's why it's in the name, democratic socialism, as opposed to like the more
0: Stalinist
1: sort yeah. of way of running things. Well,
0: I mean, it's kind of um, like, uh, particularly in the states, it's like um, like in people's mind, like pretty like connected to this idea of communism yes. of like. Um, completely government-owned, like means of capital production yeah. and all other things.
1: Yeah, and that's what we don't. It's not government-owned. It's mm-hmm. the workers
0: that are owning it. Yeah, I mean, if you were, I, I, sometimes I think the political compass test is a thing that's much more commonly known across people than it probably actually is. Yeah. But you know, you you have up top, you have authoritarian you, at bomb, you have libertarian, yes. then you have left and right. So yeah. it's more. Uh, bottom left, yes. I guess you could say, and yeah. what people traditionally think of as socialism is more that top right authoritarian yeah. side.
1: Uh, in America, especially growing up, going you know we we get taught about the Cold War and how mm-hmm. Russia was this communist hellhole that you yeah. know, was terrible and everyone was you know terrible and yeah. all that. And so socialism and socialists, I feel, have to like distinguish themselves from that. It's like, okay, we. We don't agree with that. Like we we don't agree that we don't think Stalin was some sort of god. Like yeah. we don't like him either. Like mm. Stalinism, we hate it. And that's we're not communists. We're socialists. There's kind of a difference. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I've, there's more than
0: kind of it. Yeah, there's I mean, like yeah. a pretty firm, there's a substantial difference. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, of uh, one of the terms that I've had thrown out there is uh, Marxist Leninism, and it's like, okay, well, that was a term created by Stalin to help run his organi- run the Communist Party. So, I mean, if you think we do that, we don't. Like, We're, we're not that either. Well,
0: I mean, if, can you kind of unpack what that is? It- so Marxist Leninism
1: is a term that was coined, well, from at least what I remember it was, it was coined by Joseph Stalin in the 40s. Uh, it was his introduction of the theories of Marx and Lenin and he put them together, and he made the term. Is like, look at this. Either you're this or you're mm-hmm. not. Um, Marxism, specifically, and Leninism, specifically, are not are two different things. Marxism is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A criticism of capitalism. Yeah, and uses, you know, looks at. Problems in society mm-hmm. through that lens of capitalism, basically saying capitalism is the reason why all these things are terrible, mm-hmm. and as soon as we get rid of capitalism, we'll finally start to be able to make them better. Yeah. Leninism was specifically, hey, we need to organize into the sort of, you know, what was, uh, I think was like some revolutionary party mm-hmm. to like lead the revolution of the proletariat against the bourgeoisie. Yeah. So Stalin kind of combined those two together, and that's the term Marxist Leninism that a lot of people on mm-hmm. the right like to throw at people who consider yeah. themselves socialists like but look at this terrible thing mm-hmm. it's like well we don't really run like that we don't yeah well do that. i mean
0: it, 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 i mean it's it's kind of it's going off of this assumption that um socialism is inherently like flying in the face of capitalism or markets or anything like that yeah. which is i mean i it, it's a different approach to it than like the like, you know, say, more uh, libertarian or anarcho-capitalist stance, where it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, Walmart, they yeah. can do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's where, like, oh, okay, no, still, like, act and, you know, like, produce and make money, but here are rules and regulations that you have to follow. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, those and taxes really, you have to pay. It's, yes. Yeah. That's really the main misconception, I guess you can say, with cap- with uh, capitalism, with socialism, is that we're sort of this group out to control your lives in every possible way. Mm-hmm. We're just we're not. We're yeah. Not. We're just trying to make people's lives better, and we think that capitalism gets in the way of that most, if not all, of the time. Depending on who you talk to, mm-hmm. um, like me personally, I'm I'm very much a moderate socialist, if you will. Uh-huh. I'm more of a social democrat, at least I consider myself more of a social democrat than a socialist as mm-hmm. of right now, only because I'm not entirely familiar with all the theories and you know, I haven't read all the literature yet. Yeah. So, I feel like once I do that, I feel like I could get more of an idea of what it is, but what well, it I- means to be a socialist, mm-hmm. at least. But
0: Well, I mean, this kind of comes to a larger political question, than this will be the last one we have to do before we go to a quick commercial break. Right. Um. But, like, uh, do you think to like truly identify with a party or with a political organization, you have to read all the literature within it?
1: I feel like you have to read some of it at least. Mm-hmm. You have to be. I. You have to familiarize yourself with the basics. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um. You don't have to read all of it, obviously, but I feel like you really. In order to fully understand what it is that you're aligning yourself with, you have to be very familiar with the theories and with the literature of that movement. Mm -hmm. So, me personally, I feel I don't have to. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying you have to. You know, spend your your days reading Marx and Mm -hmm. reading Engels and you know, doing all that. But I feel like reading the literature should be something that someone should do. hmm
0: Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. yeah.
1: Like, I'm not saying you have to, you know, do it in one sitting and read all of it and yeah. do it like that, but...
0: But, you know, if you go to the Wikipedia page and you like what you see... Yeah. yeah. Then
1: you can, like, okay, I'll, I want to read more about that. Where do I do that? Oh, I'll read this book. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah that's that's really my that's basically my stance on it
0: mm-hmm. yeah. all right cool um well you are listening to the d49er update here on 22 westmediacom um, or on you know our iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud and whatnot for the daily 49er uh, we are going to cut away briefly if you are listening live if you are listening to it um rebroadcasted or reposted it will not be so but here we go guys. And you are listening to the D49er update on, let's see, 22Smedia.com or on the Daily 49er SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play. Whichever is your choice is completely fine. And in the studio with me today, I have... Isain. Yep. And we're back from talking about just like stuff around campus here. And, you know, now we're going to kind of uh, zoom out a little bit, kind of go um local to Long Beach. Right. Yeah. So, um, starting off, well... Um, uh, we're at the daily 49er we're working on a special issue for the uh, long beach primary elections mm-hmm. um Carlos Vencia, our um, special issues editor I sat down with him earlier in the week and that episode went up last night but yeah so what are you looking at um, with like what why are you hoping like people kind of notice and gets addressed in these like local primary elections or start moving towards that so
1: I know that a few of our members have canvassed and phone banked for, I think it's Janine Pierce, mm-hmm. which is the more progressive, I guess you can say, of the members of city council. Uh, for us, uh, in terms of things that come, uh, in terms of issues with uh, in the city of Long Beach, we're going to be working very closely with DSA Long Beach on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically as a club, what we want to do is in, like specifically for local elections is supporting the person that's basically the most progressive if not just outright, hey, I'm a socialist of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, we We want to bring that awareness of mm-hmm. basically, I said earlier is what we want to do is bring awareness to socialism on campus and also improving student life. Mm-hmm. Within that is also kind of letting people know like, hey, you know, also pay attention to where you're living and the things that are going on in the town you live in. Yeah, specifically here in Long Beach. Um, so it means you know, getting people registered to vote mm. to vote in local elections, whether it be here in Long Beach or wherever is they're from, to be able to vote on more statewide elections, to vote on any measures to pass. Um, so basically, our group, when it comes to that, is just bringing awareness to. Candidates into ideas into policies that are progressive and that we agree with. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, um, like for me, I live out in East LA and I vote out in North County, San Diego, because that's right. where I'm registered. But like uh, uh, you would never see, and I'm not sure this is the same in Long Beach or really throughout LA at all, you would never ever see in North County, San Diego a candidate that is out and out socialist. You know, just because it, it's such like a um, tainted word and San Diego tends, depending on like uh, what like county within San Diego you're in, um, to, um, to lean very right, I guess you could say. Yeah. So even if you're uh, a Democrat, you kind of have to lean right as well. Yeah. Uh, do you see candidates who out and out identify as Democrat socialist in Long Beach?
1: I think Janine Pierce is the only one who has said Uh, This is from what I remember having conversations with the people that have worked for her Mm -hmm. and worked with her campaign. She's the only one who isn't afraid to say that she's a socialist. Mm -hmm. So besides her in Long Beach, she's really it. That's all we really got going for us right now. And she's also, she has a recall going up against her right now. So, you know, if that goes through and she gets, you know, taken out of office, we don't really have someone in city council Mm -hmm. that is that far to the left. Mm -hmm. So... I mean really like there aren't really very many people out there who are uh, willing to call themselves Democratic uh, socialists yeah
0: I see this has always been like um this is like for me particularly like lately a curiosity looking at um, the local politics of where I'm from the local politics of here whereas uh, what we would call like the less um, liberal Democrats here we would, like call as like far out like progressives like in San Diego so it's kind of interesting seeing that um, uh, like that the moving of that framing I guess you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, the thing with us is that we try very hard to like really look closely at the people at candidates that we come across and identify them like if they're the sort of like right leaning Democrats like there's a senator from West Virginia, I think his name is Joe Manchin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Democrat, but the way he votes on things, he might as well be a Republican. Yeah. And it's kind of, he's from West Virginia, so he kind of has to run like that. Mm-hmm. So with us, I know there's this whole thing right now about how we can't have purity tests or whatever and running against Republicans and that. Mm-hmm. But we try our best to find candidates and identify the policies with which we uh, where they agree with our platform Mm -hmm. and to and if they don't to see if there is anything there that we can kind of agree with to like be okay with saying you know what yeah we'll go with them Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a it's (laughs) it's interesting to Uh say the least to try to find that sort of they're not really what we want them to be, but they're okay, I guess. Mm. Sort of candidates.
0: So, what are your thoughts on uh, Robert Garcia then, the mayor? Oh man, Robert Garcia. <laughs> uh,
1: so I don't live in Long Beach, so I don't really stay in tune with the politics of the city that much. Mm-hmm. But the people that I, uh, people in the club, most of them are from Long Beach. Most of them are, and Robert Garcia. They're just they, uh, they find them interesting, I guess, to say the least. Uh, yeah. He's a big comic book fan, from what I've from what I've seen. DC.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I won't hold that against yeah, him. I, I don't either. Um,
1: I, I guess they do. I don't know. Um, but they they don't they have some problems with Robert Garcia because yes, it's great that we have a mayor of a major city who is openly gay mm-hmm. and who knows that experience and who will who would be willing to work to you know, make sure that there are more people like him in government. Mm-hmm. But he's very much one of those, you know, not so progressive Democrats. Um, I know there's, there is a... A city council meeting coming up on the issue of rent control and mm-hmm. he's come out against rent control.
0: Yeah, that that's the last, that's like kind of like the main like um, political point I've heard from him. Yeah. yeah, so
1: it's like, yes it's, when it comes to people like Robert Garcia, it's very hard to, I feel personally at least, it's very hard to kind of find a way to criticize them in a way that's constructive. Because mm-hmm. it's like, we don't want to take away from the things that you do that are good. We don't want to take away from, you know, your experiences, but we also want you to realize that what you're doing is not something we agree with, and we want you to realize that the reason where we're disagreeing with you is not because of this thing; it's because the issue specifically. Yeah. So, like, I've I've had conversations with people where I've criticized someone, or pointing to an example, the 2016 election. Um, Bernie Sanders supporter, obviously.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've I've had conversations with Hillary Clinton supporters where, like, why are, she's a woman? Isn't that great? It's like that is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. No.
0: Exactly. It's hard not to be. Um, not sure if I can say it. It's hard <laughs> not to be the whole in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It like you know she's a woman. Isn't that you know? Isn't that great? Yeah. It's like it is, but I don't want to support her because of this, this, and this. Yeah, you because know? It's like, it's not, of foreign I don't, policy. Yeah, or, foreign policy or healthcare. Or, 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 or she didn't
0: come out in favor of gay marriage till 2013. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, like, oh.
1: it's like, I'm not against her because she's a woman. I'm mm. against her because of her policies. Yeah. So it's hard as you know someone further left than I guess your typical progressive or liberal mm. to like criticize people that call themselves liberals and Democrats because it's like, why are you doing that? They're on our side. It's like,
0: but they're not yeah. all the way there yet. Well, I mean, and this is a little bit of a tangent as well, but the, uh, the le- I, I, from my perspective, uh, what we whatever we call like the left, the Democratic Party yeah. has like kind of this um tendency to like cannibalize itself that the right doesn't seem to have, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like look no farther um, than um oh, I forget um, the DNC lady's name.
1: Uh, Debbie Washman Schultz Debbie Washman Schultz
0: yeah where it's like that's like you, you know literally like establishment you know democrats like pushing out you know bernie sanders the more progressive wing of the party where it's like no you don't you need to embrace this like even if you don't agree wholeheartedly with every like policy on it you know and that that sentiment has to go both ways, though, as well. Like, you know, I I, I I gritted my teeth and bared it in, like, the general election. I still vote for Hillary. Yeah. I, I I wasn't like, you know what? Like, no, I'm going to vote third party or I'm not going to vote at all, you yeah. know? Because that's, that's not productive, you yeah. know? Um,
1: I've... I've I don't want to like talk smack about people who are like Hillary Clinton supporters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there's this sort of misconception again, misconceptions. There's a misconception of like the Bernie Sanders, the Bernie bro, if you will. Yeah. Where, like, we hate them and we're never going to agree with them and we're never going to like work with them. And it's like, no, I'm very much willing to engage in a conversation with someone who isn't as progressive as I am, yeah. but is still progressive mm-hmm. in some manner. To work with them to be, come to some sort of yeah. middle ground on an issue. I'm mm-hmm. not shunning them because they're not progressive enough. I want them to, you know, at least consider it and have it, you want open there to be a conversation.
0: You want there to be a dialogue.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's all. I, that's really all I want. And even if someone who's on the right, like I, you know, I disagree with you on most things, mm-hmm. but I'm still willing to talk to you to see why it is you believe yeah. the way you believe. Uh-huh. And, to see if there's some sort of way that we can convince each other that, you know, we're not, like, these two terrible people, uh, you know? Yeah,
0: no, this kind of gets into um, something that we were talking a little bit about um, off-air, I mean, it's yeah. kind of, your, like, your guys' um, idea as far as, like, canvassing for, your, like, your club goes. Yes. Yeah.
1: We, so, canvassing on campus, uh, it we all know what it looks like. Like we're trying to just get to our car to go home, or we're just trying to get to class.
0: We're just, just trying to get the hell off campus. We're just
1: trying to get somewhere, yeah. And they're just getting your face, like, "Hey, do you want to like legalize marijuana?" That was like my freshman year, yeah. like legalizing marijuana, or like,
0: "Yes, getting... I do, but I don't want to spend ten minutes talking to you." Yeah, it. it's like
1: I don't want to give you my personal information. Yeah. like, can you please get out of my face, mm-hmm. politely? Um, so with our organization, we know that. We're, well, I mean, we're a political organization, obviously. So we know that there's a the current political climate is very tense. So we have to make sure that we're not. We try to not get into people's faces with the things that we want them to support. If they're going to support it, they'll they'll see our table mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Oh, what is this? Oh, I support that. I will put my name down." So it's very it's very much trying to like be, you know. Show that we're here, but not be in your face. Yeah,
0: Uh, well, uh, being there and letting the people come to you rather than going to the people. Basically, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Just you know, setting up our table, putting out our literature, standing around saying, "Hey, you interested? Have Uh a great day." Sorry, uh, didn't want to bother.
0: I mean, well, there's just there's no constructive dialogue with you know shouting at people. No, yeah, and
1: like getting in their face and following them to like I've seen people when they canvass, like they start walking with you. It's Mm -hmm. like can you not do that, yeah, please? You know. like, I don't want to like, I'm like trying to politely say I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Even if it is something I agree with, like I just don't have the time right now and yeah. trying to get the class, I'm trying to do, just trying to get somewhere.
0: Well, I, yeah, I mean, well, there's just, there's like parts of the political discourse that I just feel don't work. Uh, like I, 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 I brung this, I've brung this up a couple times, and I've, I'm sure I'm tired of hearing myself saying. I'm sure other people are too, but um, I covered the uh, Milo Yiannopoulos protest at Cal State Fullerton last semester. Right. And, and that was literally just like, a, a it was a damn monument just to like, oh, this is how you don't get a message across. This is how you don't do something Productive, because even the people along the lines I agreed with are, you know, they're they're just, you know, like ye- like standing out there saber rattling. I guess you could say, yelling, knock down the fence, go in there and get him. He's like, okay, that's that's great. It's great that sure you can feel that way, but you know, you yelling about it not doing anything. You know, it, it, like I'm not saying like you know actually go in there and do it. Of course, that's ridiculous. But there's a more constructive way than the threat of violence. I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, that's another thing, too, that I found that uh, more conservative type people, I guess you could say, um, say about people who call themselves socialists and stuff is like, oh, you're anti-free speech because, you know, you're just trying to control the narrative. It's like, no, if Milo Yiannopoulos wants to get on a stage and say his little thing. By all means, yeah. go for it. Well, see, that's... that's why I'm going to be standing outside mm-hmm. waiting to give, you know, waiting my turn to say my piece.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, that that's fine, too. Like, uh, my, my position from it, like, varies just, like, slightly. I, I don't think from a financials perspective it was worth Cal State Fullerton, like, setting him up, like, in there, making the whole show out of it. Yeah. Now, if it was, say, like, oh, we're going to stream him over in, like, this one, like, you know, like a classroom or something like that yeah. okay that's something yeah. or you know oh you can show up on our free speech lawn and do it there yeah like that that's that's inherently different but yeah but that's that's just like my own little like qualifier on that but anyway we should probably get back to talking about Long yeah. Beach elections <laughs> and we're probably going to skip the second comm break yeah but sorry Danny <laughs> um, Danny's the station radio host or person but yeah. anyway um so, yeah, um, local elections. Um, you brought up rent control, actually. So yeah. let's hop right into that. So
1: uh, one of the things that uh, our organization does with DSA Long Beach and also with other organizations in the city is working on the issues of um, affordable housing and homelessness. Uh, rent control, uh, there are going to be some members of our group that are going to be going to that city council meeting mm-hmm. to uh, be there in solidarity of renters and people just trying to yeah. be
0: able to afford housing. Oh, well, for... Um People listening, can we kind of like just like literally like two sentence setup of what rent control is?
1: Rent control. Um, how do I say this? Rent control. Basically, it's setting a limit on how high the rent can be, mm. and giving renters the right to know, get, protecting renters from that sort of like all of a sudden your rent just went up three hundred percent or whatever crazy number. Yeah, is. it's just protecting people who rent in the city in the city from hikes from hikes and from the sort mm-hmm. of just unreasonable rates that you sometimes see mm-hmm. um i in the city of long beach i think the number is somewhere in like the 50 or 60% range of people who rent mm-hmm. so the city of long beach very much has uh that sort of like issue that sort of the, focus uh
0: yeah no high rent number yeah I, I, so what like what's kind of um I, I guess you could say like the opposition to it that you're seeing.
1: Um, well, the opposition basically is saying that if we put rent controls in, um, it's kind of just it's going against the sort of like whole free market sort mm-hmm. of letting things go the way they are. Um, there is an issue in, I guess. Well, you can kind of start seeing it now in like Englewood or something, gentrification. Mm. People, poor people, people of color being marginalized and being forced out
0: of their neighborhood, of
1: their own of the neighborhoods they've lived in their mm-hmm. entire lives because there are people coming in, the stadiums being built out there, the football mm-hmm. stadium and with it is coming in new businesses that are more yeah. expensive and every, you know, uh, property prices are rising and they just mm-hmm. can't afford to Pay them mm-hmm. well. See, that's
0: that's another thing I've been struggling to figure out how to balance as well. How do you um, encourage like actual like development like in those communities without pushing people out
1: by by engaging them by mm-hmm. making sure they're involved in the process? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, an article that I saw where there is a proposal to uh, build more housing or build. In, what's the word I'm looking? At? Revitalize is the word that you sometimes see. Mm. Revitalize the area or it, whatever. It, it's the buzzword. It's the buzzword. Yeah. And most of it is happening in places like Inglewood and East LA, in Hawthorne, in you know lower income neighborhoods, mm. without any input from the people that are living there. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, this is like, particular. Uh, once again, going back to living in San Diego, um, there was. Um, This was before the Chargers um, moved Moved up to uh, yeah L.A. There was talk of, oh, we're going to redo the studio. We're going to build a new studio. Excuse me. Redo (laughs) the stadium. We're going to build a new stadium. Yada, yada, yada. But then you have to think, oh, wait, there's homeless people in downtown San Diego. What happens to them once construction starts, you know? Yeah. Which kind of gets us to uh, another issue is, like, how do we deal with the issue of homelessness in L.B.?
1: Building affordable housing, really. Yeah. Uh, Building... Shelters are great, in the, but only they don't solve the problem. They help alleviate the problem by giving people a place to go. Yeah, that doesn't solve the issue; just moves it around a little bit. Uh-huh. you have to build affordable housing. You have to build, you have to build housing specifically for homeless people. Just get them into a, a place they can call their own, mm-hmm. and help them start. You know,
0: get them back up on their feet.
1: Yeah, building their life and yeah, going from there um to that's really the main way to solve homelessness it's not building more shelters it's building housing mm-hmm. affordable housing and you know making sure they have a place to call their own yeah. and to give them a place to start their life mm-hmm. again
0: yeah again again uh-huh yeah yeah so yeah and then um once again, I don't have a as as clean a segue for this one as we did with the other ones, yeah. but uh, Long Beach Values Act. Yes. So, um, for those non the that know, that's kind of like I I don't know if it goes quite far enough to call it a sanctuary city like type act thing that we're pushing for, but if you can kind of start getting us into the weeds on that one, so the Long Beach Values
1: Act is the city of Long Beach trying uh, it's trying to get the city of Long Beach. To or the police department to not fully cooperate with ICE mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, undocumented immigrants and uh, people like DACA recipients and people like that. It's um, giving undocumented immigrants to protections in the city of Long Beach um, to make sure that they don't fear that they're just going to get rounded up by ICE and thrown out of the country yeah. just
0: willy-nilly. Well, I mean, see, this is something... like. God, this is like. Well, see, it didn't really sh- like strike me like how effed up like the whole like ice situation is, particularly till like moving out to LA, where you know you you'll drive down the six hundred five and you'll see like signs that says beware ice, ice in this area. It, it's just like, I, like I don't know, man. Like I I I'm fully aware that we like we live in a first world country, you know. Like I, I, on the list of problems, like mine aren't that large, but at the same time we're Living like next to you, and in the same neighborhoods, and same cities, and same things as people who literally feared like deportation. Yeah, you know,
1: Uh, I've I mean I've had family members get deported. My my parents weren't documented until uh, I want to say the mid two thousands. They had me and my sister. They still didn't have their papers, and not because they didn't want to get them, and not because it was a lack of trying. It just takes forever, Mm -hmm. which is a problem. It's another. It's part of the reason why you know, we have this issue is because yeah. it just takes so long to get your papers in the first uh-huh. place.
0: Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I grew up in a largely, like, Hispanic community, and, you know, like, it, it wasn't something that was really, it, it wasn't something that was, intri- it wasn't something that was even part of my consciousness until, you know, like, maybe age, like, 10 or 11 or so, where it's like, oh, there's, like, I, I have friends who have parents who aren't, you know, like, actual... Like you know, citizens. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, there's this thing where, um, there's an in group and there's an out group for what is a U.S. citizen. You yeah.
1: know, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, growing up as as Mexican American, you kind of that's just kind of your experience. Yeah, You're no, just, exactly. That's just what you know. Uh huh. Uh, not necessarily me, because you know, born here in the United States, but seeing your parents or seeing your family members worry about that and worry about, you know, are they going to get me at my job? Are they going to get me when I'm dropping my kids off at school? Yeah. Or when I'm on the way back, like, you know, one day I might just not show up or, you know, spouses of people who are like, that's like, he's not here. What happened? Where is he? Mm -hmm. Is he just running late? Did he get caught? What's going on? Um, It just kind of shapes your experience in the country, in this country to be Hispanic or to be someone who has members of their family who don't have, you know, who aren't documented immigrants. It just it gives you that sort of different perception of the world it's just mm. how you grow up and you get used to it. It's just kind of it's just kind of a part of life, unfortunately, yeah. and it's terrible mm. but
0: yeah, yeah, so so to get back to basically what the lb values act does is it bars um like I believe it is city employees from looking into um like immigration status, city and the police, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool. so kind of. It was a heavy topic to try and round back to CSULB from. Damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, starting off, like w- you, you threw your support behind uh, Genesis Hara. Yes, I am hoping I am saying her last name correctly. You I, are okay. Good. I, 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 took a chance on it. Yes,
1: but <laughs> that, that was yeah. That's how you say it.
0: Yeah. Um. So, uh, like. I I'm not someone who's been at Cal State Long Beach for long. So I and you know, I wasn't as close on the reporting for like the actual ASI presidential and Senate seat races mm-hmm. and all that. So why did you um why did the YDSA put support behind um Miss Hara? Uh
1: it wasn't just specifically her, it was her entire slate. There mm-hmm. was a slate of people that were running all together. So she came in and Lean came in, she's the vice president, I think, right? uh yes she ran okay. for vice president they came into a meeting one day and they wanted you know they were asking for our endorsement and they gave us our pla- gave us their platform on this little piece of paper that i have here in front of me yeah and while they were doing their spiel and you know they were saying what they were saying i was reading through it and i turned to someone sitting next to me and i asked them have they been to one of our meetings before mm-hmm. because the platform that they put in front of us is Basically, what we've talked about as an organization, what we want to do on campus, mm-hmm. even down to infrastructure issues, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, like, I remember specifically the first meeting we had organizing as an organizing committee. I, we were bringing up the subject of subcommittees that would take care of specific things on mm-hmm. campus. One of the things I brought up is, what about the Wi-Fi service on campus? It's terrible, and nobody likes it. Like, we got to yeah. do something about that. So when I saw that, I was like, Have they been here before? Like, yeah. are they in our organization? Because the plat the platform is basically what we wanted to do that's really the reason why because we you know we asked them more you know in-depth questions about it but really it was just the platform that they ran on uh, infrastructure issues college affordability mm-hmm. you know advocating for the more underrepresented communities that go on campus and uh, even more specific things like you know resources for transgendered people and things like that mm-hmm. um, again it was just they gave us our platform and we agreed with all of it, really. Yeah. And that's really why we decided to endorse her and endorse the slate.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So, kind of uh, closing out here. So, we'll, we'll need to go pretty fast. Yeah. So, what do you see YDSA doing in the future?
1: Continuing to work on campus to improve student life, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing the more, you know, doing the bigger things with that at College for All. There is a. In April, there's going to be, I think, um, an event at Sacramento. We're probably going to have people going out to that about uh, college for all and college affordability. We're going to be tabling to get signatures for a college for all initiative on campus. Mm -hmm. I think we started doing that a few weeks ago, Um, but in the future, really, the plans are continuing to, you know, show people that we're here, that Mm -hmm. we are an organization that if you do find yourself, if you find yourself. Uh, agreeing with the more progressive ideas, there's a there's a club for you. It's yeah. us, the Democratic Socialists of America. Even if you aren't a socialist, yeah. even if you're not a Democratic Socialist or a socialist of any kind, mm-hmm. we still want you to you know come to our group because it's not just about you know socialism is the best and everyone has to agree with us. It's not like that at all. It's if you have when I've tabled, I've told people like if there is an issue you see on campus that you want to see fixed. We're the organization that wants to help you do that. Mm-hmm. You can lead your own subcommittee. You can come to one of our meetings and be like, look, this is what I'm here for. There's this problem I see. Can we do something about it? Mm-hmm. We can start a subcommittee. People that are interested can join you. You come up with a plan, and we go out and we do what we can to to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. That's really what our plans are um, now and in the future.
0: Yeah. So, as we are about to leave here, um, if you could just tell us um, when the club meetings are, who you are, what's your official title, and all that.
1: So, the club meetings, as of right now, we are meeting in Fo 4 room 180. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every other Wednesday are the general meetings. So, this upcoming Wednesday is our next general meeting Mm -hmm. when you can come in. We have- uh, Uh, Time? Oh, uh, normally about 7 o'clock, 7 in the the afternoon, 7 at night. Evening, whatever. Yeah, I don't sorry, know, yeah, the term. Um, so yeah, those are what the general meetings are every other Wednesday, and mm-hmm. we have steering committee uh, on those off weeks. Mm-hmm. If you you know happen to stroll in on that, we'll you know if you have something to say, we'll hear you out. But the general meetings are every other Wednesday, um, and uh, yeah, the Young Democratic Socialists of America, uh, the Cal State Long Beach Young Democratic Socialists of America.
0: All right, yeah. Cool. Well, I am Joel Vaughn, and you have been listening to the D49er update on 22Smedia.com or on 88.1 HD3, so on and so forth. Um, you can also find us either tomorrow or on Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Oh, oh one more I thing. I uh,
1: our social media pages. Follow us on Twitter, CSULB underscore YDSA, I believe, is a mm-hmm. Twitter page. Uh, everything else, Instagram, Facebook, should be CSULB dot YDSA.
0: Yep. That's that's my plug. That's, that's your plug. plug. That's, that's the plug. plug. <laughs> and then we're going to plug this show off here, too. <laughs>